This week on Blue 58, training camp hasn't even started yet, and a key member of the Packers is already hurt. How the Packers handle this moving forward will say a lot about their offseason so far. Then, why the NFL 100 is worth ignoring big time, part two, and which Packers record would be the most fun to see broken. Hello and welcome to another episode of Blue 58. I am your host, John Meerdink. Excited to be with you here for episode number 87. 87. 87, a special number for me. I wore number 87 for my lone season of college football. It's always been kind of special to me ever since then. It was fun to have Jordy Nelson wear that same number for the time that he was in Green Bay, which unfortunately is now at an end. Every so often that gets brought up and I forget that not only is he not playing for the Packers, I realize that I've forgotten that he's not only not playing for the Packers anymore, but that he is, in fact, still playing. Uh, he's playing for the Oakland Raiders. Saw some video going around the other day of him at Raiders minicamp. It just doesn't look right. It's weird. Um, this is beside the point, but I, I still think the Packers probably made the right decision moving on from him, but still a little bit jarring. And we will talk about receivers quite a bit in this episode, starting right here with the the very first topic. Randall Cobb has been spotted around Green Bay and elsewhere wearing a walking boot. Generally, you don't want to see players on the football team that you root for wearing a walking boot. It's it's not great. Uh, no matter how much you try to spin it and talk about, you know, it's not not the worst thing in the world which is true. It is not the worst thing in the world. It's not what you want to see just a few weeks out from the start of training camp. We ran a Twitter poll on this uh, after getting the news about his apparent injury, uh, asking on a scale of one to four, one being least concerned, how worried are you about Randall Cobb's apparent injury? We got 71 votes and 69% of those votes were either a one or a two. So people not very concerned about this apparent injury. And I think that's generally the right tack to take. However, it's it's not quite that simple. It's not just as simple as this injury not being a big deal right now. It could be that we get to training camp in three, three and a half weeks and see that, you know, he's running around just fine. He's ready to go. And yeah, it turned out that it wasn't a big deal. But think about the ankle injuries that we've seen for guys over the past two years. And just in general, ankle injuries are the sort of thing that tend to linger. You need your feet and ankles and lower body a lot in in football. And the real issue here is that there's nobody immediately ready to take over for what Randall Cobb does for the Packers. The Packers do have some unique needs at wide receiver. I think this year in particular, they don't really have another outside receiver who can, you know, take up snaps battling near the sideline. They have Devontae Adams. They have Jimmy Graham, if you want to stretch the definition of wide receiver a little bit. And that's really it. Geronimo Allison would presumably be next in line. And then you've got the three rookies, but really there isn't a lot there. But there is also the slot. And Jimmy Graham is going to operate there quite a bit as well. But Randall Cobb is going to take the vast majority of snaps in the slot for the Packers. And his being injured shows a real lack of depth there. It really kind of showcases the lack of action at wide receiver this offseason. 
The Packers did devote three day three picks to wide receiver. And I won't, you know, belabor the point again that day three receivers just don't contribute, but there's no real overlapping skills between Randall Cobb and anyone else on the roster. Even if Jimmy Graham does play in the slot, the way that he plays the slot and the way even that Jordy Nelson last year played in the slot is vastly different from what Randall Cobb does. It's important to have redundancies a little bit among this, the players on your roster. Now in a pinch, I'm, I'm sure Ty Montgomery could do some things there, and that's probably kind of the route that they'll go. But I think this again brings up the issue of potentially signing a veteran receiver. If you're looking for someone who can do the things that Randall Cobb does, it's not a one-to-one replacement, but Jeremy Macklin is probably the best option. In terms of build, speed, agility, those sorts of things, he's probably the closest comparison to Cobb available in free agency now. It's not a great option, but it is an option. And I think a veteran receiver. There's nothing wrong with bringing in a veteran receiver. It's kind of like dating at this point, almost. You're not committing to being with somebody long-term. You're just going to, you know, be together for a month or two during the summer and see how things work out. That's, I guess, the situation for the Packers at wide receiver, if things aren't great with Randall Cobb. And again, it doesn't sound like anybody is overly concerned. Best case scenario, there is no reason for concern. We show up for training camp in almost exactly a month, less than a month even. Um, Randall Cobb is fine, and uh, there's, there's no further issues. But worst case, this lingers into training camp. He comes back. You can see him getting dinged up a little bit more, and then it lingers into the regular season. Then you're going out there with Devontae Adams and no other veteran receivers, really. You have Geronimo Allison, who went an entire month of the season without catching a pass last year. I, You know, Brett Hundley, sure, but he, it, it wasn't great. I mean, Jordy Nelson, diminished though he was, still managed to get catches, even with Brett Hundley out there. <laughs> I, it's, it's concerning. It, there's no other way to really say it. There's just not a lot of reliable proven depth at wide receiver right now and Cobb's injury shows that again Aaron Rodgers is number 10 on the NFL 100 and I I'm trying I'm trying to care I'm trying to care about this and I can't I can't do it um I am fundamentally opposed to ranking things and I know we use numbers a lot in our headlines at thepowersweep.com and here on blue 58 but ranking things is just silly. Um, Rodgers gets to number 10 in the NFL based on, what, roughly six games last year, less than half the games in the season, which seems high. But on the other hand, it's Aaron Rodgers. How is he only number 10? And on a third hand, if we can throw a third hand in there, it's somebody else's, we'll borrow one. My father-in-law is downstairs. He's the only one else in the house right now. Um, we'll, we'll have him stand here and give us a third hand. Um, how do you really compare where guys stand from position to position anyway? And what makes a guy at number six better at number 10? 
I mean, I, I watched this segment on Rodgers and Mike Daniels, right, rightly so, argues that Aaron Rodgers is on at the point when he got injured is on pace for another MVP caliber season. And he says he'll fight you if you disagree. Fortunately, I don't have to fight Mike Daniels. One, because I don't think he listens to this podcast. If he does, hello, Mike. Thank you for listening. But I agree with him. For better or for worse, I think Aaron Rodgers was probably on pace for another MVP season. But he only played five-ish games as full power Aaron Rodgers. And he had the Panthers game where he clearly was very diminished. Does that equate to the number 10 player? And if you really, you know, if he's really good enough to be number 10 on the strength that show exactly how games, how important he is to the Packers, I'm spending entirely too much time thinking about the NFL 100 because it's just so silly. It's designed to do just this. And I feel silly every time I fall into this trap of talking about it. But on a fourth hand, to continue that analogy, this is something the NFL puts out. It's an official NFL product. And it's kind of hard to completely ignore it because just of the apparatus that the NFL network has become and just is. As It's it's weird that you, you kind of just are obligated to pay attention to it. It's kind of like ESPN. Um, there are a lot of issues with ESPN and a lot of fake issues that people seem to have with ESPN and really all major sports media companies. But if they're doing something and if they're, they're showcasing something, you really can't ignore it. It's much the same with the NFL network. You can't really just completely ignore it. Can't say, I'm just not going to talk about it. It's just there. And, uh, it just it gives us an opportunity to point out again just how silly it is. Something that is not silly, I, I have to spend a couple minutes on this because it's just so, I guess, completely unexpected. Um, I Maybe it's vanity, maybe it's just curiosity, but I keep, especially on Wednesdays, the day the, this episode or these episodes come out, I keep a pretty close eye on our downloads. And uh, you get pretty familiar week in, week out with where the numbers are on a given day. And uh, last week, I sat down when I got to work in the morning, about 8.30, 9 o'clock, and uh, I logged into our podcast host. Shout out to Pippa. Thank you for doing that. It's great. And I log in, and the numbers just are bonkers. They're way higher at that time of day than they've ever been before. And that trend held steady all day, all day long, the numbers were way ahead of their typical benchmarks hour by hour for release day, to the point that last Wednesday, release day was the best single download day that we've ever had. And that's pretty cool. Then the next day, usually we see, let's see, do the math here, about a two-thirds, 60, 70% drop-off from one day to the next. And you'd expect that because people download it. They listen to it on the first day when it comes out. That's what you do with with media generally. But that's not what happened last week. It barely dipped at all. And Thursday ended up being our second best single day of downloads ever. It would have been the best had Wednesday not been absolutely crazy. Thanks to our podcast host, we can see where a lot of these downloads are coming from. And one of two things happen. Either a bunch of you are using VPNs 
that route you through Scandinavia, a whole bunch of Swedish people discovered Blue 58 all at once. And I just, I guess I have to say thanks to Sweden. It's really exciting uh, that we, we have a following there. Our international following for Blue 58 is pretty surprising. Um, and I, I say none of this to toot my own horn or, or Gary's or, or anybody who has helped us out here. Um, but just, I guess, as a way of saying thank you for your support and, and helping us get to where we are. It's exciting. It's, it, honestly, it does put a little bit of pressure on me because I feel like I have to, you know, keep doing high level stuff, but that's good. I wouldn't want it any other way. I want to keep doing the best stuff that we can. And I think what we do is some of the best Packers stuff out there. I would put us up against anybody. Uh, it, it's, it's fun to see what we're doing compared to all the other Packers sites and blogs and podcasts out there. And I do keep an eye on all of them, as many as I can. Uh, don't listen to as many podcasts as, as I would like, just because it takes a lot more time to listen to a podcast than to, than to check out a blog or a site. But I, I do want to thank you for all of your support. And this is the part where I, I ask for your continued support. Uh, we've picked up a couple new Patreon supporters recently, and we're very thankful for that. Uh, we need a little bit of help. Um, as many of you regular listeners know, we, we, me, we meaning me and my wife are in the process of moving into a new house. We've got a closing date finally. That's very exciting. But uh, in the process of moving, sometimes things get broken. And uh, I had a personal loss. Uh, the monitor for my computer that I typically use uh, for recording this year podcast was broken and became a casualty of this move. Uh, that's going to have to come out of our production budget for Blue 58 and, and the Power Sweep. That's one of the things that your money, if you choose to support us, will be going towards. Other things are things like hosting. Um, we've got our, our renewal because we've got our anniversary coming up here with Squarespace since we launched the site two years ago. That's coming up here in, in just a little bit. Uh, that's stuff that we need to pay for. Uh, all the things like uh, even some graphic design, some of the templates we use, stuff like that, that all has to get paid for somehow. That's what your money is going towards. And that's what you give to us through your generous donation. So if you want to support us, if one of those things makes sense to you uh, to help us out with, we appreciate it. You can support us at thepowersweep.com or you can support us at thepowersweep.com. Click on the store link that gets you to our store where you can buy some shirts and, and whatnot. But if you'd like to support us on Patreon, that's that's probably the cheapest way to do so financially. It's patreon.com slash thepowersweep. One dollar a month is all we ask there. Very much appreciate it. The downloads have been staggeringly good. It's been a lot of fun. And I uh, hope- wanted to talk records a little bit. I am interested in records. Uh, I guess pretty much since I can remember following sports for Christmas when I was eight years old, I got uh, a book called the 1996 Kids World Almanac. And it was just a, there's a giant list of just facts and figures and stats about things all over the world. And they had a pretty robust stat section, just a recap of all the things that had happened that year in the world of sports, stats who won, who lost, who has the records. I would page through the thing for hours. I still have it. Uh, I believe Shaquille O'Neal and a few other people are on the cover, uh, representative of things around the world. But it was that sort of thing that got me interested in records. And as you will know, if you listen to this podcast and follow what we do on the Power Sweep, I also do a little bit of work for the SB Nation blog, Acme Packing Company. This week, by the time you will probably be listening to this, you'll be able to see on that site 
uh, a piece that I helped put together about Packers records that we would like to see broken. And I figured this would be a good time to talk a little bit more in depth about the thing that I'm going to, um, that's going to be from me in that piece. And I would like to see the Packers single game receiving record for yards broken, single game yardage record for receivers broken. Um, This is an incredibly rare thing in Packers history. We're in the 100 seasons mode for the Packers, and, and there have been some tremendous receiving performances in Packers history. But only seven times in Packers history has a receiver broken the 200 yard mark. Only once in Packers history has a guy gone gone over 250 yards. That was Billy Houghton on October 21st, 1956. He had seven catches for 257 yards and two touchdowns as the Packers hosted the Los Angeles Rams that day, week four of the season. Billy Houghton got off to a pretty great start there. Uh, 250 yards is something that not even Don Hudson did. Just Billy Houghton all by himself. The most recent attempt, I guess, to get close to Houghton is Jordy Nelson, uh, who went for 209 yards in 2014. Prior to that, Don Beebe had 220 yards in 1996. Uh, It just hasn't happened a whole lot. And I think this would be especially interesting to see broken this year uh, with the crew of guys that the Packers have uh, at receiver or tight end or, or whatever, because there isn't really the sort of player who's built to make a serious run at this record. Look at the guys who have the top seven receiving performances. You've got Billy Houghton at number one, Don Beebe, number two, Jordy Nelson, uh, James Lofton, Carol Dale, Billy Houghton again, and then Javon Walker. You look at Nelson, Lofton, and Walker, all of the, you know, pretty much stereotypical wide receiver build. You know, big, tall, fast. I was looking back at something I wrote about James Lofton not that long ago. World class. Legitimately, like people throw this around, the, the phrase world class, but legit world class track athlete. There's video that you can see of him, I think in 1986, uh, when he was 29 years old, going up against Carl Lewis, an actual you know Olympic world class track athlete albeit in a different event, that for some reason they're racing each other in a half-mile run. And James Lofton obliterates Carl Lewis. It's, it's not even close. It's way more of a blowout than it absolutely should be. But like Nelson, like Walker, you know, the big, tall, fast receiver types. Don Beebe, a pure burner, if there ever was one, uh, just also kind of a track guy. And then you've got Carol Dale and Billy Houghton and the older wide receiver receiver types, different era. The Packers don't really have a guy like that on the roster right now. Devontae Adams is all short area quickness, uh, slants, getting off the line with incredible footwork, but not really the long, deep step in his game. I think even Devontae Adams would say that. I mean, compared to me, he's incredibly fast, but for an NFL wide receiver, not really so much. Uh, the same with Randall Cobb at this point in his career. Uh, really doesn't have that deep speed. And again, that was never really his thing either. Geronimo Allison, not really. Uh, Jimmy Graham, certainly not. And then you've got the three rookies. And if they went for 100 yards this year, that would be incredible. I think it would be amazing to see a Packers player go for 250 yards in a game this year just because of how you know, completely unforeseen it would, it would be. Uh, it would be a lot of fun. It would also be, and I don't have the numbers on this off the top of my head, but it would also be interesting just from a uh, where the NFL has come standpoint, 
uh, where the NFL has gotten to standpoint, rather, someone take a run at uh, the NFL record, not the NFL record, the Packers record for touches in a game. You through the 90s, even even in the early 2000s, you would pretty regularly see Packers players get 30 to 35 offensive touches in a game. It just even in the years since Eddie Lacy was a member of the Packers, things have just come so far so fast that nobody gets that kind of opportunities anymore. And it would just be hilarious to see a guy get force fed the ball 30 times in a game. It would have to be almost have to be just out of necessity, like a late season game when you're way out of things already, you're like three and 12 and it's week 17 or something. And you're just like, screw it. Half our receivers are injured. Uh, we're on our third string running back. Guess what? Uh, Ty Montgomery, you're touching the ball 38 times today. We just want to get out of here and get to the off season. That would be kind of funny. Hope the Packers are in, aren't in that situation this year, but that would be kind of interesting. When it comes to, to records, though, I would definitely love to see the, the single game receiving yardage go down this year. Hey, while I've got you here, and I realize this episode is, is shorter than, than ever, um, it, there's just not a lot going on for the Packers right now. So I, I don't want to stretch and really stop this podcast, but uh, I, I do think there's enough interesting stuff that we can get a whole episode here. While I've got you here, I wanted to talk about the draft, not the NFL draft, at least not directly, the NBA draft. Uh, That was this past Thursday night. And boy, do I feel bad for people who love the NBA because they're really trying, the NBA, ESPN, everybody, to make the NBA draft more like the NFL draft. And it's just not going to happen. Um there's just not as much to talk about. And the thing, and I love the NBA as much as anybody. Uh, It's a lot of fun to watch. It's a blast to follow the NBA because there's stuff going on all the time. The offseason is pretty much almost over already. You're going to have free agency here in the next couple weeks. Then teams will be back for training camp. And then by October, you know, you're back to almost full swing NBA games already. That's pretty exciting if you're an NBA fan. And uh, it, it lasts for a long, long time. But the NBA draft is just not that exciting. And we're spoiled as NFL pan, fans and people who write about and talk about the NFL because there's just so much more to do with the NFL draft. There's just so much more to get your hands on with the NFL draft. You look at the NBA draft and there's going to be like six guys who are any good at all. And I don't mean like in the first round or the first 15 picks, like like at all, like in the entire draft, there's going to be six guys worth talking about three years from now. And maybe like three of those will be good. Maybe one of them will be like an all-star. If you have a draft that produces three all-stars in the NBA, it's unbelievable. Um, and maybe, and that's like guys who make an all-star game once. Um, it, the, the pipeline of talent into the NBA is just so different from the NFL or, or other sports. It's, it's sometimes hard to get your arms around because guys still seemingly come a little bit out of nowhere. But the NFL draft, I mean, if you just wanted to follow one position group, you would have stuff to talk about all year long. If you wanted to talk about offensive linemen, I mean, there'll be 75 linemen at least drafted in the NFL draft, something like that. It's it's crazy. You could talk about it all year long and still not get to the bottom of it. Now, does it make any difference, all this talking? No. It doesn't make any more difference than it does with the NBA draft. Talking about a much smaller pool of prospects and and things going on. But 
there's there's a lot less to get your arms around. And I I I just think it still says a lot about the popularity of the NFL and why the NFL is popular as opposed to other sports. There's just a lot more going on. The the NFL compared to to other sports is is like going to Cheesecake Factory. Their menu is as big as a phone book. Not all of it is great, but at least you've got options and there's interesting stuff on every page. Again, not all of it very good. Some of it you're going to have to pay a lot more than you probably would think justified for some of the things that are on that menu. But there's a lot to look at, and there's a lot going on, and you can probably find something you like. I think that's a good analogy for the NFL because there's so many things going on. Playbooks are so diverse. Play styles are so diverse. And there's so many different positions and things to look at. Even just the salary cap alone is worth talking about. And that's that's exciting. And I think we are spoiled as NFL fans when we get to look about look at that and think at that think about that. That's all I've got for you this week. Um, I've got some fun stuff coming up in the next couple of weeks and then we're almost to training camp already. So good stuff on the way and I appreciate your patience as we work our way through this offseason here. You can find us as you always do at thepowersweep.com on Facebook and on Twitter as well or by email if you would prefer thepowersweep1959 at gmail.com. Support us, as I've already mentioned, at patreon.com slash thepowersweep or by buying one of our fantastic-looking T-shirts from Teespring. Click the store link at thepowersweep.com. And as always, if you'd like to support us for absolutely free, you may do a review on iTunes or the new Google Podcast app if you'd like to do that as well. Very free, very easy, uh, if you would like. No pressure there. We do love to hear from you. Any feedback you give us helps us make this entire operation, Blue 58, the power sweep, everything better. And it helps us all become smarter Packers fans because that's really the goal. As I always say, smarter Packers fans are better Packers fans and better Packers fans are what we all want to be. I have been your host, John Meerdink. We will see you next week on Blue 58.